You're listening to Intentional Optimists, the podcast for unconventional leaders, where you'll find inspiration, learn to discover and develop your own strengths, and hear from inspiring women just like you who are making a difference in their community. Who knows, you just might find yourself stepping up as the next unconventional leader right where you are. I'm your host, Andrea Johnson, the original Intentional Optimist. Hey you, welcome to the show today. I am so excited you're here. Early on I told you that we would be bringing you in this podcast not just me talking about intentional optimism and teaching and coaching, but inspirational interviews with women who embody those principles of intentional optimism. And today we have our first interview. You are going to love her. Her name is Lee McCraw-Levitt, and she's a creative coach and artist who works with women to rebuild their agency to make choices for themselves. So then they turn around and serve themselves and ultimately others with their creative power. Now, she does this through coaching them through the process of adding a creative practice to their lives where they learn and practice the tools that grow their emotional health. These are then the same tools that they put in what she calls a backpack as she journeys through loss, grief, divorce, career changes, and for her, raising teenagers. But most of all, she's my friend, and you are going to love her. Here's Lee McCraw-Levitt. Hey, Lee, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you here. Thanks, Andrea. I'm really excited to be here today. So thank you for having me. Oh, you're welcome. Um, you're one of the first people I thought of when, when I was thinking about a podcast. I said, I need to interview Lee. She does all this amazingly interesting stuff, and she helps women in really unique ways. And that's the point, right? So that's uh, exactly, you're exactly the kind of ideal uh, guest that I wanted to have on my show. So I am so glad you're here. And we actually talk really, really well. <laughs> <laughs> and, and when we get on the phone, sometimes it's like two hour conversations. So we're going to have to edit ourselves. Um, because yes, this not will the, be actually short for us today. So it will be very <laughs> short for us. So, um, normally you were mentioning one of the things that, that we do for each other is we spur each other on to like do well and to take on new challenges. And one of the things that you've taken on recently is I've been sending, and I got this from Brendan Burchard and a couple of other people. I've been sending voice texts, voice memos to people. And I started sending them to you and you got to the point where you finally were sending them back to me. <laughs> you mentioned something <laughs> that as we started up this, this, uh, this Zoom call today, you mentioned that you were missing um, the birds. <laughs> yes. Andrea, when she calls me, it's so wonderful. It's almost like something out of Disney because there's all these little birds chirping in the background and she's already so upbeat and positive. And then you have this like song, songbird in the background. So I always love it. It just starts my day off right. I love that Disney analogy. I'm so Disney. That's so me. Um, but not. That's the, <laughs> that's the joke. <laughs> I will say this though. Um, my favorite movie growing up was Cinderella. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when we actually had a DVD player, which we don't anymore, it was the one DVD I absolutely had to own and I had to have it. So Gus Gus, and I'm sorry, I don't really date myself. <laughs> I had no idea this conversation was going there first. But all the little birds that sing and help her yes. dress and all that stuff. It's like, now I'm never going to get that out of my head. But my, my property is surrounded by um, three on three sides with really tall Leland Cypress. And we have probably every type of bird that is available in the central to northern Virginia area lives in those trees. <laughs> Some of them you don't want to hear. Oh, and my neighbors actually have a chicken coop. So I was, you missed this one. I was out on my deck doing, now I do Marco Polo as well. And I've done video. I'm encouraging you to do those. It's like step out of the comfort zone. And I was doing one for my dad or my other friend and you could actually hear the chickens in the chicken run. And oh, no. <laughs> I'm three quarters of an acre, so it's way back there, but it's right next to the property line. So I could hear the chickens singing, and I had just had to say, all right, chickens are singing to me this morning. Wake up. It's okay. And it was, <laughs> bark, bark. it was really funny. Okay, so straight out of a movie. Um, but all that to say, we're friends. We've known each other for how long did we decide it was? Uh, we decided it was fall of 2018, I believe. So, right. and we yep. met online mm -hmm. in a challenge. 
Yes, we were doing a messenger challenge and realized we started seeing commonalities um, showing up in the comments. And we're like, until one day, I think you said something about being in Charlottesville. And these were people all over the world that were in the challenge. So I saw that and I'm like, what? So, right. So from there, let that be a lesson to y'all. Anybody listening, you can make friends anywhere and you never know who's going to be in a special Facebook group or something that you're doing online and they might live right down the street. Now, we're not quite right down the street, but we're really close and yes. we're close enough that we can meet for lunch, which is, which we haven't done in a really long time. I know. <laughs> we will. We're going to get back to our soup soon. So. so one of the things that I want to make sure I highlight with every guest is how what you do is unconventional in character for leadership. So why don't you tell, I know what you do. Why don't you tell everybody else how you work with women and what you do and uh, who you serve and what's your big why and all that kind of wonderful stuff? Well, um, what I've figured out through, um, I've been studying coaching for quite a while and started working with women last year, that is that we all have like, similar things that we need to work through and it's going to show up no matter whether you're trying to lose weight or whether you're trying to um, find a new job or figure out how to be in your relationship differently and so these same type of challenges come up over and over again that we face and I've been an artist for many years now and I thought why not learn these things while doing something exciting like creating art so I've actually put together an approach um, like a, uh, to learning these things that we all need to learn in life of a different way of thinking, of moving beyond ourselves when we're getting caught up in stuff that we, that are, that's holding us back. And I decided instead of just tackling things like finding a new job, why not take on these things while also doing something really creative? Because um, part of my backstory is that uh, my mom was an artist and I grew up with that and she's a very talented artist and I felt really intimidated and didn't want to make anything because I wasn't doing the kind of art that she did. And so that was like a big roadblock for me. And so my, my sister got really sick and she actually passed away from cancer about, gosh, it's been seven years now and almost eight years. And when that happened, I was just so overwhelmed with grief. I just, I needed to really get back to something and an ad for an online class popped up for doing um, some kind of like collage art. And I thought, huh, you know, I've always wanted to create something that's really different than what my mom does. Why don't I try that? And the minute I started working with color and getting my hands and things, I just, I, I started to feel more connected to myself again. And I was really deep in my grief with my sister and it was a way to start exploring that without words. So I spent a lot of time doing that, um, creating, and it went from there. And now I've, I'm, I make art every day. It's just part of who I am. And it's been the place where I've learned and practiced and grown as a person and figured out all the tools that I need to go after other things. So expanding out from art, I've taken up running and I've started a new career. And, you know, all these other things have happened in my life as a result of that first initial journey that I took through art. So that's what I do with women. I work with them to take that first step of connecting with themselves by building a creative practice and learning tools through doing that. So, well, and they don't need to be artists, right? I mean, they can do anything. Exactly. Yes. I, I actually, when I say creative practice, I really mean the act of creating. Um, I feel like creative practice is almost too passive. It's really just getting in touch with the creating energy and we create so many things in our lives and they don't have to be with something that came from Michael's, right? That is not the only source of Please, creativity. It doesn't, on the no, it doesn't <laughs> need I to love come Michaels. from my, I mean, <laughs> yes. Michael's is all good, right? But yes. <laughs> my son even was like, I said, he said he wanted to create something the other day. And, and I said, well, we're, he said, I don't have any more of that stuff. And, and he said, well, can we go get some more? And I'm like, well, we have to go to Michael's. <laughs> <laughs> I am not taking a nearly 12-year-old into Michael's. That's not going to happen. It just, no, because he can't pass the dollar bin. You know, I will say yes. there are too many good things at Michael's, but please know it doesn't need to all start and stop at Michael's. Way bigger exactly. than that. Expand your mind, right? Yes. And it, it can be um, 
through gardening and or working with creating um, an environment in your home, right? Like the way you, 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 it's when you put thought into something and you're making decisions and you're choosing. Yes. 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 And, and one thing that you may or may not know is that, I'm sorry, I'm going to jump in and make it about me for a second. I'm notorious for doing that. <laughs> so I mute myself when you're talking so that I don't always jump in. But one of the things in my entrepreneurial journey, trying to figure out what I was going to do is... For me, that creative process is gardening and doing um, interior design and that kind of thing. And I actually signed up for and, you know, started an interior design certificate course because I have a bachelor's and almost a master's, but I, you know, I wasn't ready to go back to school full time, but I thought, well, this will give me an idea of whether or not I really want to do it. <clears throat> and I did great until I got, did I tell you this? I didn't know. I did. <laughs> this is all new to me. So please go. <laughs> so, so we're going to have a coaching session here on, on, on creativity. Um, so I, I did great until I got into the first module and I sent in my homework and it's with this, actually, I will, I will recommend it. It's the NYIAD, New York Academy for you no know, arts. I'll, I'll put a link in the show notes. Um, and it's a great certificate. They actually partner with the, I don't even remember the association that you can be an interior designer with. And it's a really great step if you're interested in starting in something like that, because it gets you, it's all online, but when you send your, your assignments in, it's a real designer that's actually critiquing them. And the first thing came back with my colors that I mix. They send you all the, the supplies as well. It's really cool. I still have like my slide rule and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> and um, So they, they give you paints and everything and I had to mix them. So you'll understand this, you know, it's mix the yellow and the blue and make green. And she literally sent like a, a voice message back to me and she said, uh, you were supposed to actually mix the yellow and the blue, not use the green from the tube. And I'm like, are you telling me I made the perfect green and you're critiquing my perfect green? I'm out of here. <clears throat> the bigger out of here was when I did the layout because my project was going to be on my basement, which is where I actually record. And because I, it's just not, it, it's not great, but I need to redesign it. And so that was going to be my, my project. But when you do the layout with the drafting, it was all that detail <clears throat> because I don't mind details, but I don't, I mean, I can do details, but I don't really like them. You know that about me. Mm -hmm. So um, when I did all those details and I didn't put the details in enough, she was like, she gave me a B. Wait, she gave a B. Me a B. <laughs> <laughs> like, I quit. Right? It's like, clearly that's not my passion if I'm going to quit over a B. But um, let that all be a lesson. It'd be a lesson to everyone. But when I, when I did the drafting, I'm like, I don't like this part. I just like the decor part. And literally people are, I'll like share Christmas pictures in my living room or something. And people are like, oh, the color. And it's so beautiful. And I'm like, I just threw that together. That part I love. Right. So yeah. I like the idea that you work with women where they are mm -hmm. and meet them with whatever creative juices they have. Yes. Because it's all different. It is. It's all different. Um, and I think you brought up a really interesting point because the way that I'm working with women is not so they can get an A, right? That's literally the <laughs> but A's are important. <laughs> but it's literally the opposite of what we're trying to do through that, that coaching process, right? It's what's right. meaningful to you, what's making you feel alive, and what is helping you learn the things that you need to learn in order to live your life in the way you want to live it. So it's all about agency and I call it agency through art and, you know, knowing yourself, knowing what you like, what are your values and doing it just for you so that you are, um, that energy is what's feeding and fueling you forward. And at some point you may take that out in the world, but in the beginning, this is all about just that connection with yourself. And I actually, um, this might be a good place to talk about my framework with the spiral, which is sure. Is that is this a good sure. time? Well, or? because what I wanted to say was uh, maybe I've forgotten it already, but you know me, that's just what I do. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, I had this thought and it's gone. Um, I, I liked that you were talking about agency. That's what I wanted to say. Mm -hmm. Can you give us your definition? Was that your definition of agency? Is that knowing your values and knowing what you are? Because I think everybody has a little bit of a different. Yes. Agents, yeah, it's really um, 
the reason that I feel agency is so important now is because I, I do work with women and the, as we grow up, first, first of all, we get a lot of messages about what we're supposed to be doing and how we're supposed to be doing it for others, right? So Absolutely. <laughs> it starts young that we start losing that sense of making our own choices that are for ourselves. Um, and so for me, agency is about returning to making decisions that are simply for you without regard for anything else that's going on um, or without regard for others. And obviously you don't, <laughs> you don't make choices that hurt other people, right. but when you're in a creating space, that can be something that you're just doing for yourself. And yeah. a lot of times our agency muscles literally like atrophy and you're sitting there facing a, a blank pile of dirt or a blank canvas or an, you know, a music sheet that doesn't have any notes on it yet. And you don't know where to begin because you've stopped doing that. And so this is about learning how to make those decisions for yourself and understanding that when you're in that environment, it doesn't matter if you make mistakes. You're literally playing. You're just seeing what works. You're just trying things out and there is no right or wrong. And that's, that's how we rebuild those muscles again. So um, I'm defining agency as going back to that kind of decision-making where I like that there's no consequences, but it's also um, fun and it's just waking up that energy again. Well, and that's important. I work with, I work with women as well. And um, even through my own journey, and I think that's where we both come to these places of working with other women from, is from our own journey. And I've, I've even shared with you before that uh, that whole should, who, who am I supposed to be? And the argument that I've had with myself for many, many years, I'm not going to say it um, <laughs> out in the public. Um, actually, I am proud to be over 50 and <laughs> um, <laughs> there it's, it's out there. Right. Um, but the argument with myself of who I should be and who I am mm -hmm. and whether, no matter what kind of environment we grow up in, everybody has that message coming at them from some direction. Some are louder, some are softer, some are more rigid, some are more flexible, but either way we end up there somehow. And I really like this idea of being able to say, we're going to flex those muscles and we're going to learn that it's not, it doesn't mean you're selfish. Yeah. Right? And there, there's no advocating of a selfish decision here. That's not what this is about. Um, so I really, sorry, I just really wanted to go deep on that just for a second. So mm -hmm. please, um, now that we've, we understand that. And, um, I just alluded to the fact that you help women because of your own journey. And so yeah. now I think it is a good time to go ahead and tell us about your spiral. Tell us about that realization moment where you said, wait a minute, this is something that I've done and now I can actually share it. So please. Yes. Um, I have been enamored of the hero's journey for quite a while. And I know uh, it's something that speaks to almost everyone when they come across it. And that's because it's actually a universal story that goes across culture and across time and across um, religion. It's the mythology of the, the heroes setting out, um, leaving the village, the, the, the home base, the safety and answering a call to do something and going out and, facing challenges. And um, this is something you and I've laughed about. I call this the forest of flail, you know, entering the dark forest, <laughs> not knowing what you're doing. Now that you've got Disney in my head, it's like, I know yes. this is Brothers Grimm, but I like see Little Red Riding Hood and like the trees coming out and grabbing her. But I yes. also in like um, maybe Hansel Snow White, Hansel yeah. Russell, Snow White. It's like, I see the mm -hmm. trees coming out and grabbing her. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, you enter the dark forest. You don't, you know, and where your head is on the other side, you don't know what's going to happen and you don't have a compass and you're, you know, you're flailing and you're trying to figure it out and you, you hopefully make some allies, you run into foes, you're challenged and at the, you know, you make it through that and then you, you've learned some things, you have some skills and then you have like that big final challenge, um, you know, and this is of course big in Star Wars and stuff, you know, facing down Darth Vader and you, you make that final challenge and you um, come through it and you've learned something and that, that's your gift. Like what you've learned um, is what you bring back to your village. So you, you complete this journey, you set out, it's like a big, 
um, I think of it as a spiral, like a, a con you know, the Nautilus shell. So you start in the center and you, you expand outward on that first journey and you return to the village and you have this gift you're bringing back, the gift of what you've learned. And I believe we take these journeys over and over and over through our lifetime. And um, so when I work with women, the idea is to figure out what you've learned. Um, what is the gift that you got from that journey? And it may be something that you're just giving back to yourself initially. And this is an, um, something that I want to bring in here is the types of journeys. The, you know, the one I'm talking about with art is like a journey of connecting inward and rediscovering yourself, um, getting in touch with that creating energy. Um, but we also take journeys where we connect outward. And this is um, journeys that are relationships with others in mm. all kinds of ways. And you can take a journey of, you know, these type of creating journeys where you're creating value, um, for, you know, where you're starting to build something that has meaning to other people that you're offering out there, you know, these offerings. And then we also have journeys where we're creating impact. And this is when we're really making a difference in the world. And this is kind of your wheelhouse, right? It is. This is the leadership piece right. and um, the kind of journey where you undertake and answer the call to leadership. You know, what does that call sound like? Um, what do you, what tools do you need to be successful with that? Um, who do you need supporting you? You need Andrea, right? <laughs> <So>. <laughs> and you need Lee. Well, but I, I want to go back. I like the mm -hmm. idea of returning to the village with the gift that you've received or that what yes. the lesson you've learned on that particular journey. And so many times um, I've looked back and, and, and said, oh, I wish I had learned this what, 20 years ago, you know, mm -hmm. but I, I didn't have the ability to learn it 20 years ago. I needed all the other pieces in between in order to yes. learn it, right? Yes. So the other piece too is I, your spiral reminds me a little bit of like a prayer circle. You know, when mm -hmm. you walk up, I don't know if you've seen those. Um, it's similar to like um, a meditation circle or something. Mm -hmm. But if you go to retreat centers, you might see a prayer circle or something where you walk. And it is a little Nautilus-like. But I have always described it more in like moving across a timeline with you, you circle forward and then you come back a little bit and then you circle forward almost like when you're learning to write cursive and those of us uh -huh. who write cursive anymore. Like <laughs> I literally handed, I'm sorry, tangent again. I handed my son, he asked me to write something down for him the other night when we were playing a card game and I handed it to him and he goes, I can't read this. I said, what do you mean you can't read that? And he goes, I can't read cursive. I said, yes, you can give it a shot because they <laughs> did learn it a little bit in fifth grade, but you know, then fifth grade was kind of cut short for mm -hmm. a lot of kids. So um, back in March <clears throat> and Anyway, all that to say, when we're trying to learn cursive, we, we write these like spirals or the old spirograph. And like the rolls, yeah. Yes. Like they're like, almost rolling across the page. Yes, like yeah. rolling across the page. So it's almost like you've got it flat looking down on it and I mm -hmm. have it like up looking. <laughs> yes. Yes, I see what you're saying. The perspective is yeah, turned it's all, the other way. That's another thing in my wheelhouse. It's all about perspective. How many mm -hmm. times do we just need to see it from somebody else's lens to be yes. able to have it like even more clear for ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. So you've done this in your own walk. Tell me, tell us a little bit about that, how you went from just getting things on the page with this collage stuff, because I want to definitely talk about your artwork because it's beautiful, but tell me how you went from just doing it yourself to then turning around and helping people. Okay, so really um, my journey with art actually goes through all um, all of these types of journeys. Um, and so it's a great example of um, how they kind of fit together. But when I first started with art, as I said earlier, I was just um, connecting inward, rediscovering myself, learning about my agency. And from there, I started to get involved with artist communities. Um, I joined an art co-op um, where I met all kinds of great artists out in Washington. It was in the Pacific Northwest. So it was full of like all these amazing um, artists who were way cooler than me, but they let me in. So <laughs> the, uh, and then, so that was about the relationship piece and, and connecting through something that I was passionate about. And then from there, I went to actually creating art that I could sell. Um, I think of that as my uh, creating value and um, creating offerings. Um, and I had my things hanging in a restaurant, selling through the gallery, and then selling directly to individuals. And so people were taking these pieces home and 
they had a lot of meaning to them. And so I love that. It was still about the relationship, you know, that was happening through the art, but also um, creating value for people that they really, this was something that they wanted in their home and it made their home feel different. And then the last piece is the creating impact. And that's where the coaching has come in when I, I, you know, I did the coach training and I started working with other women about how to have these types of journeys in their lives um, and waking them up to their own agency through art and through creating. So cool. And right now we're just recording this on zoom. So eventually mm -hmm. we may actually put this video out there, but for those of you in podcast land, you can't see, she's got this zoom background. That's absolutely gorgeous. It's one of her pieces. Is that the big gigantic piece that you've made recently? Like the four by six or something? This is actually, this one's only um, two by four. So it's two feet wide and four feet tall. Um, the four by uh, four by six one is still in the stage. I've got the big background painted, but I'm working on the trees right now. But um, yeah, this is one of my collage pieces and I have it turned on right now because my studio is a disaster. <laughs> so, <laughs> But it looks like what? a studio. It does. And that's my, that's my freedom here, right? Mm -hmm. Like my freedom gets, my, my studio gets to be however I want it. And sometimes I want it really clean and sometimes I let it go because I'm in the zone and, you know, I have a very, um, hands-on approach to creating. Um, I'm not one of those people with all those beautiful brushes. I actually helped an artist friend move and I stored her stuff temporarily while she was between places. And she had all these gorgeous brushes that looked brand new and the, the tips were all clean and soft. And my rush, brushes have just been through the ringer if I even use them, you know, but a lot of times I'm hands or just um, using, I use the Hard keys from hotels. I love to scrape. So I'm really moving and pushing the paint across the page. I have bathroom squeegees. I use those a lot. Anybody's familiar with Gerhard Richter, that's his thing. I've heard of that. Well, I mean, yeah. I'm not in the artist community. I like, mm -hmm. I, I like things that appeal to me. This is, um, but the other thing to note too, and if we ever put this video out there, you can actually see it. Um, your signature color is? It's kind of a bubblegum pink. I love a bright splash of pink and I always have a touch of green in there too so oh, you'll know it's my painting because there's pink somewhere <laughs> and, and, and we talked about the fact that you like the bubblegum pink with the new grass green yes <laughs> I love that color combination it kind of dates me because back in the 80s that was very much the the preppy combination and yes you just I needed a couple of whales and you were good to go <laughs> actually no, no no it was the it was the alligator it was the eyes off uh -huh. <clears throat> so it was definitely an eyes odd with the collar flipped up mm -hmm. and i had a hot fuchsia eyes odd and one of them actually had the alligator and one of them had eyes odd and one of them was actually the 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 sherbet or sherbet orange and the hot pink stripe so Anybody that knew me back then probably were like, oh, yeah, I can picture you in that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I can actually picture you rocking that right now. So <laughs> I'm totally about the collar turned up. Um, and my son has started doing that. The problem is he buttons it all the way up to the top. And then oh. the collar. Wait, baby. <laughs> Not how it works. Note on fashion. <laughs> if you're going to pop the collar up, you have to button, unbutton at least one. <laughs> so... Before we go off too far in a tangent here, um, do you have a leadership principle that's kind of helped you step into this bigger, I mean, other than agency, um, mm -hmm. that step that helped you step into this bigger place of service? Um, something that you know you could apply to your life and work, and maybe other people could apply. Yes. Um when I, the hero's journey has like three parts, and so when I'm using that framework, I think of those parts as go grow and give. So when I'm thinking about like my, my, the thing that I think about whenever I, I have something I want to do and I'm holding back, I think about you have to go before you grow. So it, so many times it's too easy to get caught up in all the research and planning and wanting to understand everything that's going to happen. And perfect, it's just not possible. The, the growth happens after you go, after you step out, after you cross the point of no return and you're all in and you're committed, then you start to grow and that's when things happen and that's when things change and that's when you realize the gifts. So I'm always thinking in my head, go before you grow when I catch myself <laughs> wanting to just really triptych everything I'm doing in my life. So <laughs> well, depending on the type of personality you have, I'm a disc consultant and I'm going to mm -hmm. do a, a, a podcast that kind of explains that pretty soon. But 
depending on the type of personality you have, you may be one of those people who gets stuck in the details and really mm-hmm. needs everything to be just right. And there's this leap of faith and this piece, the, the courage piece that comes in to be able to step out and to understand that a lot of times it's just like priming a pump. We had a, I think I shared this in a podcast recently. We had a pump in our backyard. I grew up in Korea. My parents were missionaries. <clears throat> And it was an old fashioned with a big handle, right? And oh, yeah. In, if that pump was dry, you had to pour water in it in order to get it to actually suction the water up out. So anybody who's ever used an old fashioned handle pump, you know, you've got to pour water in there to get it to actually come out. And, you know, for my logical brain as a child, that made no sense. <laughs> like I had to put <laughs> water in it to get water out. Why don't I just turn on the faucet? <laughs> but it was out at the garden area. And so we really needed it to work. And so we, sometimes we would just have to bring a little bucket of water out and dump it in there. And then it would work just fine. Cause it was a well that I think all of our water was pulled from that well. It was just getting it out that particular way. It's the same concept, right? It's like, we, we have to be willing to deposit just a little bit in there, even if it's the faith that if I take a step, the mm-hmm. next best step. Um, for anybody who reads, who has listened to Amy Grant um, <laughs> a long time ago, um, she had a song that was based on, I don't know the actual song, because I'm really good about quoting Bible verses, but I don't remember the addresses. So, um, But it was called, Thy Word is a Lamp into My Feet. And it's, it literally talks about, I have enough light to take the next step, right? It's like, Mm -hmm. and being willing to just say, I have enough information to take the next best step is so key to this concept, right? Exactly. Um, And I like to say, you don't know what's around the corner until you go around the corner. And it seems very logical. That's right. (laughs) We just don't really know. I love that. (laughs) So... Yeah, and it, you know, it. I love it when logic kind of slaps us in the face. Mm-hmm. That's what I would call logic slapping me in the face. It's like, yes. you don't know what's around the corner, Andrea, until you go around the corner. And I think it, <laughs> that sounds very Winnie the Pooh, who I am mm-hmm. very much a fan of. Um, <laughs> you know, it's and I, yes. I love, I love. It's like I, I get to where I'm going by walking away from where I've been, right? And and yes. I think that's the whole concept that you're talking about here. So. In order to actually do the things that you do, I know that you must have habits and rituals. I know that there's something, some kind of behavior that you've put in place that actually helps you accomplish what you want. Because you've been through enough of this hero's journey and spirals to know Mm -hmm. that in order to go forward, there's certain things you need to do. What is the one thing that you would share with people that it's like, that's the one thing that if I don't do that, it's all going to fall apart? Wow, I hadn't really broken it down that way before. So one of the things, and this actually comes from my art practice, is I struggle with perfectionism. And so I've, I actually start each canvas with a stray mark. Um, so when I'm working on something that I'm deep into and I'm going and having that conversation and working that piece of, of art, I will have my next one or two canvases on the side and when I have extra pain on my breast, I'll just literally reach over, maybe not even look that close and just make a mark. So oh, wait, let me understand. Yeah. You start every canvas with a mistake. I start every canvas with, I just make the mistake first because <laughs> That's awesome. it, it just, it takes the, it takes the, all the angst away from what do I do with this? It's perfect right now. It's blank. You know? So I, I started doing that early on in my art journey and now I, I do it every time I start painting, it always gets started with some, and it's oftentimes it becomes the, the thing that makes that painting great because that is so cool. I'm not just trying to control everything that happens. All of my paintings are a big conversation between me and what's happening there. And I'll do something random and then I'll kind of pull it back into um, a composition and then I'll do more random things and then I'll pull it back into a composition. And it's this back and forth tension because life is like that. We don't, uh, random marks show up in our life, right? We don't get to choose that. Nope, not in mine. Mm-mm, not a Yeah. <laughs> so well, I'm glad you have a blessed life, <laughs> but it's, you know, things show up random and we don't get to pick them. So life is really more about how are you going to work with that? Mm. How are you going to deal with the things that end up in your life that you didn't pick and you didn't choose? Um, for me, it was losing my sister. I didn't choose that. I didn't want that. But how am I going to have a good life 
that's still full of love and even keep that relationship with my sister, right? How am I going to have that? Because I didn't get to choose that, but I do get to choose everything else about how I work with it. And so in art and in life, you know, the random shows up and then we choose what, how we're going to incorporate and integrate and live with it. So, and even I, make it the thing. So. I, I, oh yeah. I love that. I mean, and I joked early on, it's like two coaches talking to each other. This is going to be a coaching session. <laughs> and I'm sitting here thinking, okay, this is a new podcast. Mm -hmm. And I think I shared with you, I recorded episode one, like I think I said eight times. It was probably more than that because it was a bunch of like one minutes and then I got into like something and did it like totally wrong. And this is, again, it's just, mm -hmm. Andrea, just have the freedom to just, just let it be a mistake and let mm -hmm. everybody hear it. It's no big deal. And just move along because part of that too is not just for ourselves, it's for other people. It gives mm -hmm. them permission, permission, permission <laughs> to- yeah to just go ahead and move and make those mistakes and let it be okay. And I think part of it though, is we also need to foster a culture where it's okay to make mistakes, where yes. it's okay to learn. And, you know, uh, John Maxwell has a book called sometimes you win, sometimes you learn. And oh, yeah. great title. <laughs> yeah. And I have, and he's also made that into a children's book. And I actually read that to my son's class in fourth grade and it, goes with a lot of like heavy kind of win-win mm -hmm. or um, start with the end in mind and, you know, that kind of thing, but, or understand first, seek first to understand and then be understood. But to be able to have that, that's a growth mindset, to be able to have that idea that every time I do something and it's not quote unquote a win, that's just data. That's data I'm collecting and I'm going to learn from that. I'm going to, as you say, put that in your backpack. That's my mm -hmm. lesson that I learned and I'm going to move on and I'm going to continue the hero's journey. So that's really good. Um, thank you. That's, that's awesome. Okay. So if somebody wanted to get into the kind of work you're doing, I'm the intentional optimist. Uh, <laughs> there, are, I'm sure are red flags. Like I'm sure there's things that, <laughs> that you would say, no, no, no. If this is for you, don't do this. But what are the green flags? Like if somebody listening to this says, gosh, I have loved art all my life. It never occurred to me to use it in this way. What are the mm -hmm. green flags that, that they would be looking for that, to maybe kind of move in the same direction? So uh, if they find themselves um, daydreaming a lot about some, a particular activity they did maybe when they were younger, or really it's just this um, being aware of something calling you. Um, if you hear yourself saying, oh, no, I couldn't do that on a regular basis, you need to turn around and go, look, you know, right in the eye at the thing that you're saying that to. Exactly, right? <laughs> like if, it, if you're saying, oh, no, I couldn't do that, then that's the thing you got to do. Right? And how many times have we heard people say that? I mean, I'm mm -hmm. this... I'm like, I just am ide ideation person, right? I come up with like ideas. You've heard me. It's like, what if this? What if this? What if this? Mm -hmm. And people say, oh, I could never do that. Yeah. Hi. Mm -hmm. Really good point. So is that the advice that you would give someone when they're, is the advice to just look in the mirror? What is, what is the piece of advice that you would give someone interested in going this, this direction and leading in this type of way? So if, um, if that thing that's calling them is something in the creative realm, because um, I get this a lot. I have so many women say to me, oh, but I can't do that. And I'm like, well, what could you do? So that's usually what I start with. Like, what is a little thing you could do? Because I believe, you know, I believe in everyone's ability to create and make and be in that zone of creating energy. And so... I always, I, I always want to get started on that conversation. Well, let's figure out something you could do. Okay, so you can't build a huge um, pottery studio in your backyard and put a giant kiln in there. But could you do hand building in the corner of your living room? You know, could you dedicate a tub to just um, that and you could pull it out when you're ready to work and put everything back in the tub and put it away? You know, well, yeah, yeah, I, I, I could do that. Hmm. So um, Baby steps. I had one. I had one client who started that way and it just grew and grew and grew out from there. But it was just getting over that first step of realizing that there's always a first step that you can take. And that first step is going to generate um, energy that, you know, the energy of possibility. And then you'll be able to see, cause you're around the corner, you'll be able to see something else you could do. Right. Sure. Um, 
some, we look so much, you know, this is so typical of all of us as humans. We look at where someone else is and we look at where we are and we don't understand how they got there. And, you know, so that's really what I do with women is when they first have that inkling that they want to do something, I'm like, all right, let's find what that next step is. And let's create some possibility in your life. And once you have that feeling of possibility, you yourself are going to see all these new ways forward and which one's going to take you in the direction that you want to go. I like that a lot. Mm -hmm. It's so encouraging. So before we wrap up here, where can people find you? I know you're all over Instagram. I am. That's my, that's my place where I hang out. <laughs> so, and I even have been trying out reels. I'm really terrible at it, but oh, I love I'm sorry. Music. <laughs> I'm an Instagram uh, baby. So what is reels? <laughs> so reels is like the, um, the new thing they've added that's supposed to be similar to TikTok and that you've got 15 seconds and you get to use a slice of music from somebody. So I love this because it, it adds a whole layer of creativity. I'm like, oh, which lyrics match what I'm doing with my art? And, you know, it's a real time waster, but it's a lot of fun. <laughs> so. But this, is, this fits with your ever expanding, you know, I mean, even it though does. it's a circle, I say it also as concentric circles because you're like yeah. starting in the middle and then you're working your way out. And yes. so this is just ever expanding. It's all good. It's all great. But so let's so, tell, I will put it in the show notes, but tell mm -hmm. me, tell, tell us where they can find you on Instagram. So my, I'm on Instagram. My handle is um, Lee M C L A R T. So it comes out like Lee McClart. Lee McClart. <laughs> it's easy to so, find. And you yes. know, you found it when you see these gorgeous, colorful pictures that almost every single one has that amazing bubblegum pink in it. So yes. um, if you've, and, and I will say this too, um, you're such an easy follow. It's mm -hmm. so pretty and you always have some kind of interesting phrase or statement that you throw in there about whatever it is that you've, you've put out. And do you, are you still doing the time-lapse things where you I do sometimes. Um, right now, I'm so busy with um, getting ready for the show. I'm actually, I, my new skill, my new expanding circle is learning how to make frames for my art. So I've built this huge process and my whole downstairs has been taken over by this and I've had to hire my daughter. So <laughs> I'm sure she's so upset about that. Yeah. So we're just down here every day, like painting and hammering and cutting and stuff. So, um, but yes, I love to make the time-lapse one. So I'll, I'll show just some aspect of my process. Um, and as you know, my cat often shows up in the, sure. <laughs> in the videos. It's, it's very casual. They're not professionally done, but those are a lot of fun. I like to share just kind of my decision process because it shows how organic it is and how much freedom I give myself to try this and try that and cover this up and highlight that, you know? Um, so that's one of the fun things about those. And I'm also, I, ha I do actually have an art page on Facebook. It's very neglected. Um, I have a few dedicated followers who are kind enough to check in and see if I've posted anything in the last few weeks. Um, <laughs> you so, know, you can set your Instagram up to share automatically with Facebook. I actually, I, I've set it up to where I will send things over if they are a finished piece. I do, I post a lot of my sketchbook work and I'm actually glad this came up because um, one of the reasons I think that's important is I share a lot of my practice pieces on Instagram. So when you go on Instagram, you're not going to see just my big finished things that are, you know, final. And I, you know, this is what I want to put out in the world and hang in a gallery and things like that. You also see all the stuff that I tried. I have probably a dozen notebooks now that are, you know, nine by 14 that I everything just experimenting. What happens if I do these two colors together? What happens if I layer this on there? And I actually have, if you go to my Instagram page and mm -hmm. look for sketchbook flips, I'll show you. And you can see me flipping through these sketchbooks and just see everything that didn't work. <laughs> so, Because I was going to say, wait a minute, all these things I'm double tapping and putting hearts mm -hmm. on, those don't look like unfinished projects. Well, you know, some of my sketchbook things actually turn out, um, I like them when they're done or I just crop them a little bit so that they look prettier than they do in the sketchbook. But um, yeah, I, I just put it all out there. And that was one of the things I learned a few years ago on Instagram, just put it all out there, just share the whole thing. So I actually encourage people, if you're feeling like, oh, I don't know if I can, you know, get started with this, go look through th some of my sketchbook flips and you'll see some some of my uglies. So cool. that's awesome. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So before we, we wrap up, we'll put those, the, the information in the show notes, but this will, this will go public um, 
either the last week of August, first week of September. So you have a show coming up. So anybody who wants it live to know when and where? Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, September 4th, uh, 5 to, I want to say 8, down in Lynchburg, Virginia. And it's at the Lynchburg Art Club on Rivermont Avenue. Um, Easy to find. And it's a quick trip um, off of 29, if you're familiar with Route 20, you know, the highway 29 and I'm doing it with my mother, which is actually a really big deal because I I was so intimidated by her art growing up. And so this is like a big journey for me that I've arrived at a place where I'm willing to hang my crazy art side by side with her beautiful formal art. Let me guess. I'll bet your mother loves your art. She does. (laughs) She's become my biggest supporter and it's, it's really been a great, it's been a great thing for us. So and I think people need to hear that too, that a lot mm-hmm. of times the things that we're intimidated by, people actually love our stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. there's a reason we're gifted. There's a reason we have a unique perspective. And I think a lot of times we discount that. So we're going into all kinds of coaching stuff and we do need to like <laughs> wrap it up here. But we have this, this idea that people aren't going to like it. And I keep talk, walking myself through this process, right? It's like, Andrea, people... Well, I'm going to assume people don't mind talking to me. I'm going to assume people don't mind hearing from me. When I put out there on my Facebook, hey, podcast coming soon, I got a whole lot of, oh, this is awesome. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. (laughs) It's not just me. And so to have your mom, this person that you were always afraid to do artwork because she was so perfect, to have her as your biggest fan, I think that's a beautiful like way to just wrap all this up and say, see, the journey Mm -hmm. is worth it. Exactly. Journey is worth it. So the one thing I ask all my guests, and I want to know because I think it's fun, because we're the intentional optimists around here, what is the one thing you can always be optimistic about, even when other people think you're crazy and totally wide open, show us your fun side, what you got? All right. So I am always optimistic that everything will fit in the car. So... I am. That's I'm a, awesome. I'm a master packer when it comes to that. And I can just eyeball it and then say, yeah, it'll fit. And I have made things fit with a tolerance of like less than a quarter of an inch on oh each my side. But I, it's just something that I do. And it's like, I either know it, I either know it's going to fit or I know it won't fit. And I'm, I'm almost always right. So <laughs> this, this feels like maybe you're related to my dad. He's the same way. And mm-hmm. I'll bet you anything it has to do with your ability to see spatial relationships because of your art. Probably. Yes. Yeah. Um, I think that's definitely related. And that was like my one thing on the, you know, you take the test when you're a kid, like I was like off the charts with the spatial things when you're supposed to flip cubes and do things like that. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Oh, that's awesome. That's cool. So do you do a lot of road trips or is this just like when you're moving or it's just, that's just your thing? Actually, um, right now with everything going on with the pandemic, not traveling a whole lot, but I've actually driven across the United States four times and done national parks all along the way each time. So I've driven all over Europe with, um, yeah, I I do a lot of road tripping when when it's appropriate (laughs) (laughs) and when life supports it. But yeah. I I like the stopping at the national parks on the way. I've driven across the country once and back and- um, the first on the way out, we drove through Flagstaff. And so we stopped off for like 30 minutes, 20 minutes to uh-huh. actually look over the rim of the, the Grand Canyon. And then we there got back go. in the car because I was going for a job. But um, that is, that's awesome. I love that. One thing you can be optimistic about is that it's always going to fit in the car. So if you yes. can identify with that, drop something in a show note or drop something in the reviews <laughs> below and let us know that you know everything is going to fit in the car or maybe you don't. How fun was this interview? Lee is so engaging, easy to talk to, and so very, very present. Trust me, when you talk to her, no one else exists. Now, I'm sure there's things that you may have taken away from this conversation yourself, but I want to point out five things that really stood out to me. The first is her concept of the forest of flail. Now, this is the stuff that you have to go through on your hero's journey that you need in order to grow and learn. I loved this visual. It was so real to me. The second is you can't see what's around the corner until you actually go around the corner. 
gosh, this seems so simple, but it's so full of the call to courage to say not what if bad stuff happens, but what if good stuff happens? What if it's a field full of wildflowers and butterflies and hummingbirds? That sounds great. Now, every single guest that comes on this show, I will be asking them what is the one habit or ritual that they use in order to help them continue to step up and lead. And I love that my third point here is that her habit is that she begins each project with the mistake. Now, you notice she didn't say a mistake, but the mistake. After that, it's all creativity. What freedom. Imagine if we incorporated that into our lives and the way we function. Make the mistake first and move along. Number four is her advice to anyone feeling called into some kind of creative thing to do. Look for that first small step and just do it. Maybe it's coloring. You know, these adult coloring books are really, really intricate. Maybe that's the thing that will prime the pump for you. Maybe you loved painting as a child. Maybe you really do love working in the garden. Maybe you enjoyed throwing clay when you were younger. Whatever it is, do something small and take that first step because this leads us into number five, which is when you take that first step, you will start generating what she calls the energy of possibility and you'll be able to see even more ways forward because what it does is as soon as you open up, you get to see more and more and more. How exciting is that? So if you're interested in talking to her or learning more about her, she can be found, and we will put all this in the show notes, lemacrawlevitt.com if you're interested in coaching, and lemacrawlevittarts.com to see her amazing artwork. And we will put all, again, all of this in the show notes. You're going to want to follow her on Instagram because if you just need something pretty that pops up every day, she's got it coming. So... Thank you so much for being here. I know that you enjoyed this. Until next time. Hey, thanks for listening today. If you're an intentional optimist and you love this podcast, please subscribe and leave a review with a five-star rating. You can also snap a screenshot right where you're listening, share it to social media, and tag me. This helps others find us and will have an even bigger impact. If you're curious what it would be like to work more closely with me or just to step up as an unconventional leader yourself, I invite you to schedule a free discovery session to talk with me and learn more. Just email me at andrea at theintentionaloptimist.com. If you're looking for an encouraging and uplifting community on Facebook, hop on over and join the Intentional Optimist group, women encouraging women from all over the globe. The community and email links are right here in the show description wherever you listen to the podcast. Until next time, remember, you're the answer. You are the future of leadership and the role models for future generations.